Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I want to talk about if you have a small garden space or you're wanting to try something new, like a new gardening technique for next season, um, this gardening method might be for you because today I'm talking about square foot gardening. So let's dig in and what is square foot gardening? Well, you divide up your garden bed into a grid measuring a square foot for each planting section right sounds pretty simple you can divide up any garden bed into a square foot planting section right although a four foot by four foot garden bed is common and that'll give you 16 individual square foot planting sections for your grid but you can do it with any sized garden bed some gardeners use a grid that they've made from plastic pipes, metal, wood, even string and twine. Um, and this is helpful as you're sowing seeds or transplanting your plants that are getting established. Um, they can, you can even double up and make a grid using piping that becomes your irrigation system. Um, so you can have double duty on your planting grid and irrigation and saving even more time. At its core, square foot gardening is really a seed sowing and transplanting method. It helps you maximise the space with intense planting. So it's really valuable if you've got a small space, but it's equally valuable if you have a larger garden and you're trying to grow much more in that garden, um, whether you're trying to squeeze in you know more stuff throughout the growing season or you're trying to you know squeeze in a lot more to be able to produce more from the space that you have that's really what square foot gardening is at its core is just a method that is intense growing um, so some common questions that come up are if you need a raised bed for square foot gardening and the short answer is no you can divide up any garden bed into square foot sections of course there are numerous reasons why you might want a raised bed those or things like aesthetics or maybe you've got mobility issues um, you've got heavy clay or poorly draining soil maybe you have overly rocky soil right they're just a couple of examples why gardeners use raised beds and you know you don't necessarily have to have a raised bed made of wood or stone or brick or anything like that those are not necessary for this type of gardening you can use the same technique on an in-ground garden bed the only caution that I would raise is that you want to make sure that you can comfortably reach each side like of the garden bed and you can reach in the middle so you know regardless of what side of the garden bed that you're on you're able to reach into the middle for appropriate harvesting and that goes for any garden bed that you're making not just a um, square foot gardening bed do you need to dig or till the soil? And this is a common question for a lot of gardeners. And honestly, just as you would with any garden bed, right? You're going to need to add nutrients back into the soil to replenish what is removed from harvesting, right? Because as your plants are growing, they're taking nutrients from that soil and they're using them to grow. And when you harvest things from that soil, you're taking those nutrients back. If you were to leave them you know, in place and not touch that plant and then let things die in the garden bed and then you know rot down there on the garden bed those nutrients are going to be returned to the soil but because we're taking them away and we're harvesting them we're eating them right we're we're using them in the kitchen hopefully um those things are going to need to get replenished back into the soil so you know it, it's really down to you whether or not you choose to dig is up to you as a gardener and remember that this is your garden and you grow it the way that you want to gardeners who use this type of gardening technique use it on beds 
where they till things over each season. But also there's gardeners who use this in no-till garden methods as well. Um, a permanent grid on your garden bed will make it harder, especially if you're tilling. Um, you know, it's going to make it difficult to add mulch, maybe side dress with compost and, and weeds. So, you know, you might want to think about using a tape measure or making or buying seed or planting templates instead of um, and you know permanent on the garden bed but then there's other gardeners who use a permanent grid and don't have any trouble with that because they're not digging things into the garden bed so it's really down to you and how you grow and what methods work for you um, because this is an intensive gardening technique though you are going to need to be on top of adding those nutrients back into your soil you might need to add more compost or other soil amendments throughout the growing season to keep your soil fed and those nutrients available to your plants it isn't um, uncommon for square foot gardeners to be adding a handful or two of compost to a square foot section that they've just harvested and then plant something else to use in that space one of the cool things about this technique is you you can grow a lot of different plants within a garden bed and that works you know sometimes it works in a good way because you're able to get a lot of that plant diversity that we talk about um, in a garden bed and you're also able to grow you know a lot more different veggies and things in there however you know you do need to take care of things in terms of you know have you got plants that are going to be shading out smaller plants are you planting things in the appropriate place do your plants need additional support like trellising or something like that and making sure that you keep really good notes on where you've grown things because you don't want to be growing the same thing in the same garden bed over and over again because then you're going to end up with having um you know problems with plant diseases that are in the soil and once you get them they can be difficult to eradicate so i'm always a proponent of practicing good crop rotation and having good notes on where you grew things so let's talk about sowing and planting because um this this is where you're definitely going to want to grab a notebook um, or your garden journal to take some notes and don't worry you can always pause the podcast i'll be right here when you've got your stuff um but Proper planting and seed sowing spacing is what gives you a maximized harvest, right? Yes, of course, there's other things that add to it, like having really good soil, right? Having that built up at the beginning is going to really set you up for success. And we talk about this in some of the other intensive gardening techniques that we've talked about on the podcast. And if you're new, definitely take a look at some of those. Um, but there's there's a lot of things that kind of go into having a successful garden. But ultimately, you know with this type of technique it's all down to the plant spacing and understanding that spacing that is on your seed packet is really going to let you leverage this gardening technique and you're going to be able to grow a lot more than you thought that you could certainly a lot more than you would in a row um, unless you've got like a, a really really big garden where you're able to do super long rows you're going to need to get comfortable using a tape measure or a ruler with your planting um, or even make or buy a reusable seeding template to help make things go a little bit quicker um, 
it is a little bit of a pain, um, especially if you're new to gardening and you're not quite spatially aware. Um, believe me, I completely understand that one. Um, and sometimes like, as you know, when you're new, trying to get plants in the right spacing is a little bit tricky. So make it a little easier on yourself. And there's no shame in having to use a ruler or a tape measure to mark things out on whether you want to mark it out ahead of time and, you know, put little you know, dints in the soil, little holes that you can then pop your seeds in and stuff. Like nobody's judging you. This is your garden. Grow it the way that you want to. But definitely look into some of these like time-saving things if this is a method that really starts to work for you in your garden. So let's talk about plant spacing and some of the things that you can grow. So 16 plants per, f per square foot. Oh, I'm definitely going to need some coffee to get through this episode. <laughs> but 16 plants per square foot is a three inch spacing in each direction. So that's going to give us a square grid of four plants by four plants in your square foot of space. So carrots, radishes and scallions or spring onions or green onions, those kind of things. They can be easily grown as 16 plants per square foot. So you would do four radish seeds in a little row that make up a grid, a square grid, basically. Nine plants per square foot is where you have a four inch spacing. So um, a square planting grid of three plants by three plants in your square foot. Um, nine plants per square foot is great for things like rocket or arugula, bush beans like the snap or wax beans, but also for drying bush beans, so things that have got a longer growing period. Um, leafy cut and come again type of lettuces, also known as leaf lettuce. Things like spinach, leeks and even some varieties of corn and small turnips would work in a nine plants per square foot. Eight plants per square foot is also a three inch spacing, but it is usually on a trellis. Um, so four plants are on one side of the trellis and four plants are on the other side of the trellis. So when you're using trellises and things in this type of gardening technique, you want to pay attention to how you're putting that trellis in and where your sun is going to be. Because if you put it on, you know, a, a way an orientation, let's say, where you're going to create shade on the backside of your trellis, then your plants on that backside are not going to grow very big. They're going to be very slow. You want to really maximize the amount of sun that they're getting. Um, so make sure that you take that into account when you're setting up a trellis for your square foot garden bed. Um, so plants such as peas, cow peas or southern peas, pole beans, um, half runner or semi runner pole beans. So things like the old Dutch half runner or old Dutch mountaineer, as it might be called. And um, things like Malabar spinach too would also work in this type of planting grid. Four plants per square foot is where you get the bulk of your garden veggies, um, especially things that are on a small scale. So these are things that you could easily do in a succession planting type of deal. Um, so things where you're planting them every two weeks to be able to have a continuous harvest. So these are plants that need a six inch spacing. So things like beets, turnips, if you like a bigger turnip, um, or you prefer the turnip varieties that have the greens rather than the um, 
the roots so like the seven top turnip i think is one where it's more the turnip greens rather than the turnip root um also things like baby salad kales right so you're not letting them grow super big they're staying small for you know leafy um salads and stuff uh, again lettuces um different types of lettuce so you could do kind of the small um lettuces like the baby um, iceberg type lettuces um, or again slightly bigger cut and come again type of lettuces kohlrabi shallots and onions parsnips um, baby leaf swiss chard sorrel um, parsley thyme and some varieties of corn and basil will also work in a four plant per square foot spacing now one plant per square foot spacing is basically a 12 inch spacing and um, these are plants that need room to grow so cabbage right you need room for that head to form and some of those big leaves um, cauliflower broccoli collards celery brussels sprouts eggplant peppers okra kale potatoes sweet potatoes heading lettuces like romaine cos or butterhead sunflowers and trellised cucumbers all fall into this like one plant per square foot kind of deal now some plants need more space so one plant per two square feet would comfortably accommodate a small vining squash something like a um, buttercup perhaps like where it's producing small um, squashes or a red curry um, type of squash or something like a non-trellised cucumber something where you need a bit more space asparagus would probably also fall into that realm but of course with asparagus you wouldn't be changing anything um, from that bed because that's a perennial plant um, one plant per four square feet would be something like a melon plant or um, one tomato plant or one large vining squash so maybe it is um, a large pumpkin that you're growing instead or um, a candy roast a squash or something like that um, one plant per nine square feet would be something like one bush squash or one zucchini or one summer squash and i will say that these are general guidelines for planting right you might find that smaller spacing works better for your garden um, or that you might need bigger spacing right you might need more airflow um, to reduce some problems with disease particularly if you are somewhere that's hot and humid right you might need a bigger space than what i've kind of outlined here and taking good notes in your garden journal is going to help you evaluate how things grew later on, right? So really taking note of what it was that you planted, the spacing that you used, and, you know, take some of those anecdotal notes about how things grew throughout the season. So you're able to evaluate those a little bit later. I know for me, like zucchini and bush squashes, I can get a lot more than one plant per nine square foot because I grew more than that in nine square feet feet um i think i actually had eight plants um maybe even nine within that so i had a much more intensive spacing but then you know the flip side of that was that i had a lot more fertility in the soil so that's something to take into account is if you have a very fertile and rich soil you are going to be able to grow you know potentially more in there but you're going to need to take good care of your plants and keep a good eye on them because if they're starting to show signs of being overcrowded and being stressed because they're overcrowded um, you're going to need to thin some things out remove some stuff out there to 
create some more space so your plants are able to grow a little bit happier. So again, it's all down to taking some good notes and learning from experimenting in your garden. And don't be afraid, like if things don't necessarily work out, well, try something. What did you try? Did that work? Yes, no. And again, keeping good notes so you're learning. Like every year that you are gardening, you are going to learn something new. Even if it's somewhere that you've been growing in, you know, for a long time, like maybe it's a different variety that you're trying, right? Or the weather's a little bit different. There's always something that we can learn in the garden. We never stop learning when we're a gardener. Let's talk about some other questions that come up with square foot gardening. And that is, can you use green manures in square foot gardening? Again, this all goes back down to taking care of the soil, because if you can get the soil right, then, you know, the rest will somewhat take care of itself Um, and yes you can you can use green manures in square foot gardening and just like with any garden where you're planning to use green manures you want to think about the timing of sowing your green manure making sure there's enough time for it to grow like if it's one that has a frost kill then you want to make sure that you've got enough growth on there that's needed before the frost comes you want to make sure there's enough time for your green manure to grow to be cut to be turned into the soil or for the frost to come along and kill it and for it to break down releasing those nutrients it's all about timing when it comes to green manures um, and some level of crop rotation as well because things like the you know the big tilling radishes or the daikon radish type of things you know they're part of the brassica family so you don't want to be growing those where you've been having brassicas grow you want to put them somewhere else so you don't have that issue of attracting pests and diseases into the soil that are uh, very fond of your brassicas. So you want to take some time with your garden plan and your seed starting schedule to plan your green manures before, you know, whether you want to plan them in before planting your summer crops or you're wanting to be adding green manures later in the season. Just take the time to plan it on paper. And I always say this is plan it on paper first or in a spreadsheet, whatever floats your boat. But take the time to plan it before you put it into action because it's easy for you to change it up on paper if you don't like how it's going to work or, you know, you're trying to figure out like when plants would be coming in approximately and, you know, the time when you're going to be pulling plants out to put in something else, right? You know, it, it's easier to do that on paper um, than it is in a garden that's already gotten established. So take the time to do it on some paper. So let's talk about some pros and cons of square foot gardening. Now, of course, maximizing your space to get more vegetables and herbs is an obvious winner here, right? This gardening method really means that you can grow a lot of produce in a smaller space, meaning this is perfect for things like square or rectangular containers. Let's make it easy on ourselves. You can use them in, you know, circular or round ones too, but it also works great, you know, for raised beds or in-ground gardens it works for smaller spaces but equally you could execute this on a larger space too and you know the intensive planting means less weeding um you know so that's some really good pros of this technique and if you combine things like your grid with an irrigation system and stuff like that then you're going to be saving time later on as well um because you're not necessarily having to get in there and do the watering and stuff you know you've got things all set up 
so you know you can use this in conjunction with other time saving techniques as well but there are a couple of cons of square foot gardening and you know there's there's always downsides to any gardening method and that's why you've got to weigh these up with what works for you and how you grow and what your goals are for your garden right um if you're trying to just sort of have a little garden as a little hobby and practice right this could be really fun if you're kind of heavily relying on you know having a lot of produce coming out of your garden um you know for feeding your family and stuff again this also could be a really good method for you as well especially if you're already somewhat of a seasoned gardener but square foot gardening um method is pretty good for a beginner um however just make sure that you take these things into consideration. So the first thing is how plants actually grow. You want to make sure that you're understanding how your plant is going to be growing and the size that it's going to get to. And you don't want to be planting smaller plants behind your bigger plants because they're going to get shaded out, which means that your taller plants are going to be blocking that sunlight. So anything growing behind them is going to get less light and isn't going to be growing as big. So you want to take that into account. Number two is measuring and sowing or transplanting can be really time consuming and tedious during a time when there is so much to be doing in the garden. So if you are already like going to be thinking, wow, that's a lot to take in there. Like I am not the type of person that's going to be wandering around with a tape measure and trying to measure things out to get the right spacing. Like if you know that you're that kind of person, maybe look at creating some templates um you know you could make them out of wood other people have like repurposed stuff like muffin pans and stuff where you just kind of press them into the soil to create your divots and then you know you can sow your seed and then cover it with um soil afterwards like you know have a look at how you can save time if you really want to give this um type of gardening method a go but understand who you are as a type of person I'll be honest, I'm not likely to be busting out a tape measure to be measuring like, did I get exactly four inches between these seeds? Like I generally just kind of eyeball it now. Um, and you'll get a feel for these things the more that you are gardening. Um, but even now, like I'll put in like a row of beans or a row of peas and stuff or turnips, let's say, that fell out of somebody's pocket. Um, and and <laughs> you know, just kind of thickly sewed these things. I still had to go back through and thin out stuff. Um, and sometimes I don't thin it out. Sometimes I just leave it be and, you know, some plants will grow better than others. Like it just, it really depends on what else is going on. But, you know, if you're that kind of meticulous person, then having something like this um, can be kind of fun to do. Um, it's, you know, certainly very popular with a lot of different gardeners. So, you know, don't, don't, you know, um, disregard this type of gardening technique because yeah it's a bit tedious to be putting things in all the time you can make things a little easier rather than not direct sowing um, things that you don't have to you could still start your seeds indoors and then transplant things and it's a bit easier um, to kind of measure and see things that way so there's, there's ways around um, doing some of these 
activities right you just got to think a little outside of the box and the third thing is again it's down to placement and it's careful placement of neighboring plants not only for shade but also nutrient requirements and the amount of watering needed some plants need more water than others and you don't want to be kind of growing things together that need different watering requirements so for example i wouldn't be growing my watermelons next to my hot spicy chili peppers because my hot spicy chili peppers you know i want them to be hot so i want less water on those than i do on my watermelons for example right that's that's an extreme example um but also with that is careful placement of plants that you know may not grow very well together so like garlic and peas don't tend to grow very well um and i've done a couple of episodes about plants that grow really well together and plants that tend not to grow very well together so take a look at some of those um but also like taking into account things like crop rotation as well um you know one of the great things about this type of garden is that you can grow lots of different things together in the same kind of garden bed right like i mentioned earlier it adds that diversity but of course the downside is you want to be really paying attention to how you're going to be rotating your crops around um so you don't have that buildup of soil borne pests and diseases so that's it for today let me know if you are a square foot gardener over in the facebook group i would love to hear from you and i'm sure other new gardeners would love to hear from you and what some of your tips and tricks are for square foot gardening until next week i hope your garden grows beautifully and i'll see you all next week